0: Before you you, go, go, you go, go. hello and welcome to the other ministers the podcast. the uh, frequently live stream not today we're recording it for for later because we're having some internet issues in the building but uh, it's usually a live stream on our church's uh, internal facebook group it's it's the other ministers um the podcast where the other ministers in your church who are not the lead pastor or senior pastor or lead minister whatever you call that person get together and have a podcast and talk about whatever we wanna talk about because it's our podcast. That's right. It doesn't have to be about leadership or uh, or sermons, although or it frequently is about- Church ourselves. finances yeah. or- Yeah. Um, my name is Joseph. I'm the worship pastor here at our church in Central Florida called The Foundry Church and I'm gonna do my best not to sniffle or cough into the mic today. I'm not sick, I promise you that. It's just like sinus drainage stuff from the time change, and we've had some we've had some actual Seth weather. Was
1: having some of that yesterday,
0: yeah, and it's gumming up the works. I had to sing through sounding like this yesterday, and um, not the best, not the best. Uh, with us, as always, our church's digital pastor and the voice of the one Magic, Hank Taylor. Joe, thanks for having me back. Well, it's fifty-one. 51. I 51. see it less as me having you guys on, and this this is just the, our podcast. Yeah, no, that's this true. This is the other minister's that's podcast. True. Um, also with us, our church's family life pastor, Hunter Mertz. Hello, hello. Good to see you. And uh, joining us for the first time in too long, far too long, our church's pastoral care minister,
1: Patty Mertz. Hello, hello. They both did the same thing just then. did you notice that? I did. They both said, hello, hello. I did. Was that?
2: We're that good. Was we that, are that good. Was that
0: mirroring Patty?
1: was <laughs> I tried is, to use the psychology
0: is, term. Is Hunter following do you the... Do feel
2: comfortable now to you know, share? Yeah. <laughs> is
1: is Hunter sure. following in the example of Patty or did Patty follow in the example of her son? I, I took it as Patty mirroring Hunter to put Hunter at ease.
3: And not a genetic. Yeah. Oh, that's a counseling
0: thing, right? It, counselors it is will do that. a
3: counseling thing. Yeah. But it didn't
2: really matter because I've taught him everything he knows. Oh, that's
0: yeah, that's true. Uh, Well, today, as we record, is Monday, the Ides of November. It's November fifteenth, and um, we are. I so when, when I worked at Starbucks, uh, there was a there was a holiday launch. And it was just the big, like the red cups came out, the Christmas displays went up as well before Thanksgiving, of course, because it's retail. Um, but all of those things happened, and I kind of feel like as a church, as specifically our church, we're, we're entering our like holiday launch this week and this weekend, because we always have this run of craziness leading up to Christmas that is um, church stuff, but also community stuff, because we ran out our, our building. And uh, we've starting this weekend. I feel like it's it's a lot of stuff coming up pretty quick. Yeah. So ha- happy holidays. We all get to work very hard for the next month and a half.
2: Hello, humbug.
0: Do you miss the <laughs> Starbucks craziness, or would you rather have this craziness? I don't miss the Starbucks craziness because, and please, please take this and and carry this with you into any Starbucks you walk into for the next couple of months. Uh, the holiday season at I'm sure all retail, but my experience was with Starbucks was, um, just stress on stress all the time because you would have people who never go to Starbucks would be given a $5 Starbucks card from their employer or they'd win it at a, you know, white elephant gift exchange or something like that. And they would come in and have absolutely no idea what to do in a Starbucks. Like people who probably go to Starbucks once a year when they get there, $5 card from from their aunt or whatever and so they'll stand there and take forever um, Ordering which if you've been in a busy Starbucks is the most infuriating thing If you do know how to order quickly if you know what you want ahead of time So after the person who knows nothing about what they want Takes a long time to order the regular who normally is in and out of the store in two or three minutes Has already been standing in line for five minutes. And then they order, and then their drink is way backed up because it's crazy, crazy busy uh, this time of year at Starbucks. And then the person who doesn't know what they want, they take a first sip and they go, "Oh, I'm sorry, that's that's wrong." And you know you didn't make it wrong, but they think you made it wrong because they have no idea what they're doing. So it's a very stressful time. Please be kind to your to your baristas if you go to Starbucks uh, over the next couple of months, um, because they're people too. Do you have thoughts? Do
1: you have (laughs) thoughts on you know what they've been up to lately all this big they're big they did a big launch with Taylor Swift they had like Taylor Swift day and a Taylor Swift drink i, know, I didn't know that oh, and the wow.
3: still residuals the draws from that i was walking there this morning and it was Taylor Swift all morning long which was fine by me like that was a good yeah. good so what is what are morning. they doing with Taylor Swift and
2: why
1: she is- just re-released one of her albums um and I thought it was just on the day that it came out, but I guess it's prolonged itself. They've gone full Taylor Swift playing her music. Yeah. I think specifically the album that she just re-released. And I think there's a Taylor Swift drink, is is there? I don't drink it, the, so.
3: Yes, but I don't know if it's still active. I think that might've just been.
1: That might've just been the one day thing?
3: Hmm.
0: Anyways. Listen, outside of the holiday launch that I worked at Starbucks, the next worst thing was when they did the unicorn Frappuccino.
2: Oh, Do you remember I, that? I, remember, when that I was. remember that. I I, was mean, working I, I when didn't that even happened, get one, but
0: and the greatest joy of my almost mind, I shouldn't say that cuz I had some I had some good coworkers and I had some good experiences, but some of my greatest joyful customer interactions was when a group of like 8 or 10 middle school girls would come into our store after school and go, "We want eight unicorn frappuccinos." And I would be able to look at them and go, "I'm sorry, we're all out." <laughs> And just the look of disappointment and confusion on their faces made my day for about two weeks after that <laughs> launch because we sold out. We sold out very quickly.
2: This makes me so proud. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's attitude just warms my heart.
0: They, well, that drink was first of all the drink was objectively horrible. It was a terrible drink.
3: It was. It was. It was okay.
0: It was uh, still. still
3: I don't think on. it was as bad as the. the the zombie one during Halloween around that time. I
0: wasn't there for the zombie one, but the unicorn one, it it was somehow sour.
3: It had a nice sour streak through it of like added syrup. That was good. That made it. Well, if
0: I told you how it was made, you would not, you would no longer (laughs) think it was good.
3: Please don't share. Um, I'm sure there's copyrights,
2: something wrong in there.
0: No, just that, that there was, there was pink stuff and blue stuff. And I think the pink was sweet and the blue was sour. But the blue was made with an ungodly <clears throat> amount of white mocha, which is incredibly sweet, and it still somehow came out sour, and blue, hmm. and it's just like this is this is objectively bad, and it was so <laughs> annoying for the day and a half that we still had stuff, and then we sold out, and literally, all the employees in our store cheered. We're like, "That's the last one."
3: <laughs> well, <for our> are <laughs> uh, objectively long process of making to begin with, right? is are one of our... the longest drinks to yeah, like, yeah. To the, order? the
0: time, it, it probably takes 50% longer to make a Frappuccino than any other drink hmm. on the menu. And so when you've got carload after carload of middle school and high school girls
2: wanting just the coming
0: in long. to just get that, <laughs> and then getting aggravated at you when it wasn't done in two minutes. Hmm. We're like, look, if you're the only one in the store, this takes two
1: minutes. Get in line. <laughs> yeah stop looking at me you're annoying you're annoying to <laughs> <Do> the limited <laughs> are, is was is that a theme across like limited edition drinks like if you were working there when like a taylor swift drink came out and it was only there for one day and you had to learn how to do it like is that annoying the
0: only limited run drink outside of holiday like seasonal drinks that we did was was that unicorn frat mm-hmm. i would i would assume so
1: yeah yeah okay
0: yeah and good grief, don't ever ask about the secret menu. Is that fake? The secret menu, quote unquote, is is using ingredients that are available at Starbucks to make things that are not on the menu. So if you know the recipe of how to make, like tell us, and yeah. tell your barista, they can make it. But don't go in and say, I want to order off the secret menu because they'll look at you like you're dumb, <laughs> because you are, there's no secret menu at Starbucks. I'm sorry, this, I, I thought I had worked through this. I thought I'd processed all of this. <laughs> like pent up uh, I, I think you just need to let it out. You
2: know? It was a while
0: ago. I worked there in, in the... <laughs> well, uh, before you tw- came 2016 here. and 2017, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, but you're yeah. telling me that if I had a recipe of a drink, mm-hmm. I could go in there and tell them the recipe and they would have to make it for me or they would make it for me.
0: If they have all the ingredients and you're willing to pay for it, because that's mm-hmm. the thing, people go... Well, it's a latte. I only want to pay a latte price. But it's
1: uh, You're yeah, you're upcharged for all the different things that aren't normally in a latte. Yeah. Two yeah. pumps yeah. this, one pump that. Right. Like so that, that all yeah. so if you go get a vanilla latte, it's
0: I, I think the vanilla part of that price is like a quarter. But if you go, I want three pumps of vanilla and one of caramel and two of cherry. And throw one of peppermint in there. But that give adds me up. the
2: one price. You got a one.
0: charge well, yeah. for
3: each of those. Oh. So yeah. that you use.
2: it
0: adds up. If you want extra shots, I think extra shots at the time were like sixty cents. I think they're over a dollar now.
2: Wow.
3: Wow.
0: Um, yeah. So it, it it can add up quick. But yeah, if it's if it's stuff that's available in some combination that's not mm-hmm. a standard drink, you can you can walk that's your barista through. That's
2: what the through. secret menu is that I hear about.
0: Yeah, like people will go, oh, there's a the there's secret
2: a, menu. I mean, there's all a
0: butterbeer of- latte on the secret menu. And that, yeah. are like, no, it's just a latte with a particular combination of flavors in it. That's it. That's
2: yeah. It. I yeah. liked it better when I thought there was an actual do, secret menu. Do those
1: posts that go around of like people's really long Starbucks drinks, like, does that just give you anxiety? No. Of like but the really expensive but long ones. The, long the people
0: who would take a screenshot of the secret menu website and then just hold their phone up for us to look at it.
1: Yeah. That was anxiety. Like,
0: yeah. No. Not doing that. Anyways, welcome to the Starbucks podcast. I guess. Uh-huh. Outing Starbucks. Outing
2: Starbucks.
0: Be kind to your barista. That's what I'm saying. Uh, whether it's Starbucks or whether it's anywhere else, be kind to your servers. Be kind to your, be kind to your cooks. That's important. Um, that's true. What's new other than me venting on Starbucks for close to
1: 10 minutes? Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, no, things are, things, things are good. It's, we're about a week away from Thanksgiving, just about. That's right. Yeah. Week and a half. Everybody got big plans? Yes. Going to Pennsylvania.
2: My whole family's coming home. Oh, really? Well, one's already home. Yeah. The golden child has returned back home, but the other
3: one's coming too. Seems accurate. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, that sounds like a very good thing. Let's use that as our segue into...
3: Tell me something
1: good.
3: Yeah. Tell me that
0: you love me. We like yeah. to take some time, uh, close to the top and talk about things that are good in our lives and in the world around us and in our church and our families and all that stuff. Patty, you kinda you kinda segued us here talking about having family home
2: yeah, close by for, I'm thinking for the holidays. For us all being together. 10 when years at least? S- yeah. For Thanksgiving? How long has it been since Porter's been in Oviedo back? Oh. It's years. A- he he hasn't been back since he went to residency, so five, six years? Yeah. Now uh, Yeah. We spent one Thanksgiving up there with him, um, but otherwise yeah. we just didn't see him on holidays because yeah. he always worked. Right. My my uh, the son I'm talking about is it was in residence for uh, surgery, uh, to become a surgeon, so he worked all weekend, I mean holidays, so he n- never could come home. so But they're all coming to the house.
3: So Everyone's cool. coming, that's yep. great. And Hunter's cooking the good. turkey,
2: I hear. Are really? you? Yeah, I <laughs> is that I've news, heard that too.
1: What are you doing, deep Brian
2: <laughs> We don't know. We'll see we threw it out to the there's this
1: great technique called honey baked ham it's a place you go and you can just get one
0: (laughs) that might help you michelle's dad and me tried to fry a turkey one year
2: that can be dangerous and
0: yeah yeah well so it it was it was both of our first time frying a turkey and it was his first time using the the deep fryer that he had gotten and so we're out there and it was freezing cold and we're sitting out there because we're like we're not going to walk away from this thing we're not we're not going to be that And um, I realize I'm starting to smell turkey and it's maybe like half an hour before we should. And um, so I I pull out like the instruction manual again and I'm reading through it and I I read past where we had previously read where it's like the warnings. And it's (laughs) like, you know, uh, under no circumstances, let the oil get above 425 or 450 degrees. And I looked at the thermometer and it was about 10 degrees over that. So I was like, "Oh, HR, we need to we need to back this down right now." And uh, so that ended up being a very, very fried turkey. that <laughs> Extra crispy. Um, yeah, at, w- <laughs> when you got through the outer like three quarters of an inch, it was it was really good. But we, we lost a lot of meat. And we're not
2: going to do that.
0: <laughs> well, just follow the directions a little better than we did. Yeah, you'll <laughs> yeah. be fine. Yeah. Well, good stuff. though. Having family home—that's okay. great. That's great. Um, we had a, a bit of a Thanksgiving. Uh, last night, we had our Friendsgiving uh, with our group of friends, and uh, it was just a wonderful time. Um, uh, kids ran around and played outside. Uh, the adults got to, for the most part, sit around and talk and enjoy each other. We had a lot of good food. I just finished my lunch a few minutes ago, leftovers. My son was great. There was there was turkey. Uh, that was done in an air fryer. Which, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. How
2: big of... How 17 big, pounds how big of an air fryer do they have
0: up to 20 pounds
2: obviously bigger than my air fryer yeah
0: so they they did the air fryer turkey and then uh, uh also a smoked pork shoulder mm-hmm. uh, also known as a pork butt pulled pork fantastic that's that, really good that reheated really really well shout out to wes quinn i know he listens sometimes uh, that reheated so well today. <laughs> in that, that in the air fryer too, or they did? No, 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 no. he's got a smoker. They put oh, a nice.
2: turkey in the air fryer.
0: That's what he said. He said it can hold up to a 20-pound bird, and they got a 17-pound bird. That's a big air fryer.
2: That's That's huge. a gigantic air fryer.
0: Yeah. It turned out really good.
2: Hmm. We're not doing that either. We're not doing that. I, have, either. A, I, I have a complicated. <laughs> You've been told that you're doing a turkey, and now, uh, subsequently, how you're
1: not going to do it. Yeah. So, your options are getting really limited now. Um, let's,
0: let's, let's push pause on tell me something good because I, I really want to know everyone's feelings about holiday turkey.
3: I love turkey. Okay. But dark meat more. White meat can get a little dried. Yeah. I like the moistness of the dark meat. One of my favorite things is like a leftover turkey the next day or a couple of days and do like a croissant ring where you put all of the leftover mashed potatoes and stuffings and cranberries and turkey in and just pop it in and bake it into a nice little roll.
1: I love turkey. Okay. We always had fried turkey. Yeah. My dad loved frying turkey. like everyone in my family. Lo- so like I love fried turkey. All right. It's it's amazing. Patty
2: never had fried turkey, but I do love turkey. It's one of my it's, i I really like turkey, but I've never done the fryer one.
0: I guess I'm all alone here i you think, don't like ter- I I, think turkey i if I remember
2: this conversation in the past, you don't
0: I think turkey, a turkey. is a trash turkey. bird that we eat we eat at Thanksgiving and Christmas because we feel like we're supposed to
3: you and uh Benjaminnja big turkey is uh
0: pushing you know Thanksgiving turkeys on us well, think about it how many times a year do you Do you roast a turkey, a whole turkey, or fry a whole turkey, or smoke a whole turkey and eat it? The word turkey is starting to sound pretty
1: weird right now. (laughs) (laughs) You you do that. You
0: do that once a year. Well, that's maybe twice a year if you do one at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Christmas. And because because we eat it so infrequently, it's so often prepared, not great. Hmm. And so for me to have deli, like oven roasted turkey sliced on a sandwich, I do that all the time. That's fine. But to, to have turkey as a centerpiece thing, I just think we do it so infrequently that it just almost never turns out great. I would, I would much rather eat a ham. Hmm.
2: So I wonder why we don't do turkey any other time. Cause it's a trash bird.
3: <laughs> Do you think it just For like, other tastes like that a trash true. bird or like the personality of it is a trash bird?
0: Um I I don't know a whole bunch about turkeys. I don't And their personalities. <laughs> and their personalities. I'm sure they're many and varied um, you know, as, as humans. But um
3: I don't think fun fact about the turkey. Uh oh! Unless I'm lying, I don't think I'm lying. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> Is that Benjamin Franklin wanted it to be our national bird? He thought the uh, no, I think eagle that's true. I think that's true. A lazy bird, and the turkey was much more much more, noble. In, much
0: more industrious and hardworking, yeah. which he thought better personified the American person.
3: Because that's yeah. true about the
2: eagle; they are, they are scavengers. They will. They sometimes scavenge. They, they said yeah. they, they can don't hunt. They yeah. can hunt and do, but they we'll go the easy way out and steal other people's food
0: and you know why, why the bald eagle went to... out looks no. cool as heck yeah. it, does it does look, look cool cool. and
2: look at the head of a little turkey that's right or a big turkey pretty ugly
1: i just am picturing like like a sports event where they play like the national anthem and, a turkey and yeah like there's like gra- a there's like graphics of the flag and instead of an eagle like flying, it's like a turkey flying walking from, from the upper yeah. deck
0: to the stadium. Down yeah. to the handler, they just throw a turkey over the balcony. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, now I think we need to investigate on why, in in general, people don't do turkeys more than once a year.
1: Maybe that should just be our. Because no one bird.
2: I know does. I don't know if any my family never Can did. We? Well, Can so we do the family? our, I don't our know community symbol? People who say, oh, on a non-Thanksgiving Christmas day, we're going to just. Buy a turkey and roast it, and and yeah. invite people over. You is may it not, so it may large. not be available.
0: Huh. Honestly, I mean that that might be part of it. That just, might be it. it. It might be only seasonally available. Let when me the, ask, Yeah, let but so
3: large too. Like, what, Cornish hens are a little smaller; they're more easy to manage. But a turkey, yeah. like you have to kind of have to have. Cornish a, hen sounds a whole fancier feed. too. It is.
0: Yeah.
2: Not enough. Right. Not enough meat on it to, for it to be worth the cookie. I'm just saying
0: per- percentages, and then we'll move on with with. Uh, would tell me something good. Percentage of hamburgers you've eaten in your life that you're just like, oh, no, was not good.
1: Oh, uh, l- less than ten percent. Less than ten.
2: I'm not sh- I'm trying to think if I've had a hamburger I've not ever liked.
0: So Patty Patty might be zero percent.
3: Maybe five. Probably about ten if it's undercooked. Okay. Some undercooked. Or, over- or think, overcooked yeah. if it's dry.
0: Percentage of, uh, like whole cooked ham. That you've had that you're just like this is terrible
1: i can't eat this probably the same less than 10.
2: yeah mine too i'm trying to think of the time i'm, I'm just was, not, a like not a super
3: big or ham person
1: yeah it's i 50 percent. yeah, it's
3: okay. <laughs> 50%. yeah. That's okay. just well, because it's I, eight I, uh and I, I, would, I would go, boy, right?
0: i would go very low on on ham as well um <laughs> pork chops terrible pork chops you've had
3: uh
1: here, well, less than 20. okay
3: yeah, less than twenty. Less I've than had 20. Bad. Actual versus perceived would be different. For some yeah. reason, I don't think I like pork chops. Okay, but I do normally when I have them. Sure, <laughs> um, like me, I like barbecue or fish. Or
2: fish.
1: Brisket. Oh, less than five.
2: Oh, there's been briskets I haven't. I haven't
3: liked. I'm yeah. not a big
2: brisket. Okay.
1: Person.
3: Yeah, briskets. Okay. It's eight. Mm, percentage meats. I eight. I guess. Percentage, percentage
0: of of turkey. <clears throat> Like roasted turkey you've had where you're just like, I, I, I'm i going to suffer through this because it's Thanksgiving. Not that percentage but
1: is definitely higher.
0: Definitely higher than everything else we've talked about. Yeah. yeah. yeah
3: maybe. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't know. 20 maybe. I have never I had, had a cooked turkey that was not good at a at family Thanksgiving meal. <laughs>
1: This is we (laughs) we've set him up in a biased situation. So it wasn't that
2: very carefully said. (laughs) And who are you looking at?
1: (laughs) But the thing
0: I hate the most about turkey is even when it is cooked well, particularly the white meat, which you said uh, I think correctly tends to get a little drier than the dark meat. I just I almost I almost always like come very close to choking. While I'm trying to swallow it.
3: You gotta like lay it up with some gravy. Yeah. Or some stuffing to pack yeah. it's A good, good, a good brisket.
0: I'll I, just I'm thinking you you yeah. need
2: to work through some issues, Joe.
0: <laughs> see, maybe so. Yeah. Maybe this is just the, the Joe griping uh, edition of, of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so
2: we know what not to serve any celebrations with Joe. Starbucks, no turkeys, turkey. what's next on
3: the podcast? I'll eat I'll, eat
0: I'll eat turkey if it is at the staff Christmas party. And I and I might even enjoy it. If it's done, if it's done well,
3: having a whole turkey at the last Christmas party.
0: I don't know. Honey baked ham. Oh, this is
3: so much fancier than honey I baked got. ham.
0: What do you? The, the one of the last times we did this, we had a we had a dedicated bartender.
2: Yeah, I wonder if you are yeah. gonna do that. This time? <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. there are rumors that that may be coming back. <laughs> All
0: right, let's tell me something good, Hank. I'm um, sorry, I keep derailing things.
1: Uh, it's yeah. This has just been it's it's been a good week. I'm trying to think. Oh, uh oh this is a good one shout out to will who listens um i mean it's very rare it's it's very rare in a fantasy sports environment that you get invested into a into a matchup and it has ebbs and flows and swings like a real sports event yeah i had that with will this week we were three we were both three and oh in fantasy basketball and met this week in week four and like they say in the in the viral video, you had me in the first half, not gonna lie. He had me. Yeah. We made some adjustments. We made some changes. And even on Friday I was down one to eight. But then Saturday and Sunday we came back and won seven to two. Nice. It was amazing. Wow. It I mean that I was I was in I was as invested in that as I was in any college football game. I mean, I was watching, I was a, I, I felt like I was a coach making adjustments moving some things around who am i gonna pick up who we're gonna put in i mean and then i was so then on sunday from saturday to sunday went from one and eight to seven and Mm two and then he woke up on sunday and texted me he was like wow you came back and then he made a bunch of adjustments and i was like oh well does that change what i'm gonna do so we were like going back and like back and forth all day and then last night i was watching everything play out we got through the early games and i was still up we got through the the early evening games I was still up and then I was the only one who had people in the really late 9.30 game and I, we got to the 9.30 game I was still up, I was, that felt good, that felt really good.
0: And kudos I, to, to you guys for setting up your league where you have an odd number of stat lines. That yes, you're, that you're yes, yeah. One of my biggest frustrations in the years that I've played fantasy baseball is the standard league setup is five hitting stats and five pitching stats. Mm-hmm. And so it is entirely possible to in that's in a, in a like head to head matchup play to tie,
1: yeah, which is very frustrating. Well, we still have ties because you could tie in a specific category, yeah. so we do see people go four, four, and one, and, and that goes oh. down as a tie, but yeah. most less of the time, less, a lot less likely, yeah. 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 Hunter, tell us something good.
3: It was just a restful weekend before all of the busyness that's coming our way for the holiday launch, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was really nice. Went on a bike ride this weekend, one of the days. I don't know what day. Sunday night. night, uh, Stopped for some ice cream. It was a little cold out to get some ice cream, uh, but it was Kelly's down the road. Oh, Kelly's is great. It was worth it. They do a ice cream flight for like thirteen dollars. That's interesting. And just it was four 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 scoops scoops and mini waffle cones, but it was so much ice cream it was like four i want to remember that so like if you go with four people you could get that and have one for each it was it's the way to go
1: kelly's and uh (laughs) kelly's is really good like on this side i think but in sanford at the henry's depot place the ice cream there greenery creamery is probably my favorite ice cream yeah right now there's one out towards us uh out towards
0: chuliotto called martin's dreamery creamery and oh, it's, that's like the only, it's ice cream and coffee. And
3: coffee. That's the only really coffee good. shop that I know of in Oviedo, yeah. besides Starbucks or Chains.
0: Um, uh, what's the, what's the one I'm thinking of that we almost partnered with? It
2: went out oh, of
3: business. Oh, Pallet? Okay. Pa- uh, no, no, not, not
0: pallet. pallet. It, it went out like of business. There was a number in it. There was yeah. a number in the title. It went out of business. 52, it, okay.
3: Yeah, over by right Subway, COVID. Market. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah all of our coffee shop was, were gone. I don't know what you all ran them all out of town or something. It is well, interesting clearly you were w- keeping
0: them all keep, open. Oh, you yeah. keeping them all oh, open. We, yeah. Yeah. It is interesting,
3: <laughs> that, it
2: is interesting that there really isn't one in Oviedo. I wonder why. We got the outskirts over by Haggerty.
1: Somebody could <coughs> make a lot of money to do that really well.
2: Because there's not even Kevin? One besides Starbucks, there's not even one going into Winter Springs close by.
1: Kevin Hypes? Business right. opportunity? Can I think that I'm aware
3: of? The the place Atticus Printing, where we get our shirts for the 5K from. They should open uh, up they anything. They roast their own coffee, right. Which yeah. is so good. It is good. Um, if they, it would be a dream for yeah. them to set up. A you coffee
1: need shop. like a. I feel like the recipe is you need some sort of unique space. Yeah. High ceilings, maybe some exposed air conditioning ducts. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, More yeah, maybe out. an, uh, an outdoor area too. That's nice. And you, you are you, describing in detail
0: my favorite local coffee roaster coffee shop of all time <laughs> in Somerville, South Carolina, Coastal Coffee Roasters.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah that is them, a hundred percent.
1: Yeah, that's the recipe we figured it out. And I don't even drink this stuff. As a
0: as a Christmas time gift for the coffee drinkers on our staff, I'm going to buy a bag of. Um, my all-time favorite. It's called Woodstock Blend from Coastal Carolina.
2: Hmm.
0: Coastal Coffee Roasters. And I'll, I'll have it shipped. And it'll be in the office. We'll make That's some. Cool. It's very, very good.
2: I love coffee. Bad, medium, good. I don't really like Any that. of it? That's not true. I really don't like bad. I don't like the cinnamon coffee that we have now in the office. I don't like that. Have you all had it?
0: No. No. Nope. Not a huge fan. Nope. Um, can't drink it. The Woodstock blend from Coastal Coffee is the first coffee I ever drank black and thought, oh, this is really good.
3: Oh, for me, that was the <laughs> maple coffee from Maple Street. Basically. That stuff's really good, too. Mm. Yeah. That's, like, that's, that's about the only coffee I can drink, black.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that'll do it for Tell Me Something Good. Let's make a quick transition here. This is the point in our uh, recording where typically uh, we, we try to have Seth, uh, our lead minister, join us, and um, I, I haven't decided if it's intentional or if he just can't help himself, but he, he, always, he monopolizes the conversation. It's, it's maybe both. Maybe it's both. a little bit okay. of both, but he can't yeah. help
2: himself. He can't not, <laughs> it's like me, he cannot not talk.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't feel like you've monopolized this conversation. I'm trying
2: that. to behave. I might be, I might be asked back. They're still I trying. also feel
1: like, they're still, they're still I mean, he's going to watch this later probably. I always feel like he asks for, he, when he does ask for my input, it's right after I've like checked to make sure that the frames are good and maybe replied to a comment or done something <laughs> else and you know, tuned out just for a second just to make sure that, you know, everything is going okay on our yeah. podcast. And then he's like, Well what did you think about what I just said? And I'm like, um <laughs> You know, you're really wise, you know, and, and really
3: great. Wise before <laughs> you
2: So usually when I'm in with them, it's like I try to say start something and he'll go, uh huh. He'll go, but and then and then he'll just start talking and he's yep. like, all right.
0: I got it. Well, we, we like to have Seth on anyways, <laughs> even though he monopolizes the conversation to, um, uh, to, to kind, kind of, of speak into the, the message from the previous day, the previous Sunday, uh, what I like to call the cutting room floor stuff. There's, there's lots of conversations we have throughout the week in the office that don't make it into the message. Uh, but Seth is, uh, is not here today. He's uh, dealing with some car stuff, which is not the only reason you're here, Patty. I want to make that clear. We do want you
1: on more than we
0: have been.
2: The only time i get to talk he's not here
0: well i mean that would be true if he were here <laughs> like we would all be talking
1: like is this less. a problem with his truck or is this the new car
0: <clears throat> truck. the truck the truck yeah. that's why i figured um you know w- one of the more important features on a motorized vehicle is the brakes brakes he's, are important he's having some issues Little. with his, his
1: i feel like his truck has needed new brakes since i started working here
2: it has. That's possible. That <laughs> yeah. is possible. That's possible. I've driven it many times. I've thinking, driven it too. I'm going to die <laughs> because the, car's, the truck's not going to stop.
0: I, I remember maybe a year, year and a half ago, I had to borrow his truck, maybe to go pick up something from Home Deep. I just needed a, a pickup truck bed. And as I'm walking out the door, he goes, oh yeah, uh, be careful with the brakes. You you kind of have to push really hard. <laughs>
3: Okay, he's been saying that for years. Yes, he, yes. I yes. he warned you when he, he let you borrow it. I borrowed it last, last week and nothing, not yeah. a word. It was just, yeah. here are the keys. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll see you.
0: Well, to, to our friends, our church members who are listening, everyone's safe. <laughs> we're yeah. all safe. We're all safe. There have tense. been no accidents. Uh, but uh, yeah, Seth is, is off dealing with truck stuff today. So we're going to talk about uh, his,
1: his message from yesterday what were some initial thoughts this was um no more signs talking about the signs of Sign of, of jonah. jonah yep the things that you have to die to yeah in order to find the new that's the the un, the unconventional wisdom is that like growth and um like new things come like in like through death mm-hmm
0: yeah. I, I've always thought it was interesting that Jesus seems so down on doing miracles and like giving people signs because this is the specific story Seth, uh, talked about is not the only time where Jesus kind of laments people asking for a sign or asking for some sort of, sort of, um, assurance, maybe, you know, like I, and the The more I've thought about it, the more i've thought maybe maybe that's part of the the thing too is is people wanted to go well if i if I see you do this this miracle that I ask you for, then I'll be sure and uh and I think maybe Jesus was just indicating mm-hmm. uh, along with you know everything else, like uh, certainty is maybe not what it's about right. like maybe maybe faith is more important than um but believing because you have absolute solid proof you know i don't know yeah what
2: do you think patty well i i think oh i i just think that that's what jesus was all about because there are other times that it's like you're you're only going to believe if i do signs you know it's like if i bring out my horse and pony sh- show then then you're going to believe and uh and i think that he but even before him i think God, we've always been called to um come in by faith and and not so much by what we've seen or what we can prove uh from the very beginning of time um you know i i think i i because i think it means more um you know if if i can just have an assured answer you know, it's like it's like any kind of love. It's like any kind of a relationship. That if you if you have to, if you only believe or you only feel that something is true because you can only prove it, then I'm not sure how much that 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 is worth. Um, you know, yeah, I think he just is constantly calling out. Us out to step out into faith, and I think that's where we really grow. We don't grow in our assurances. Now there is, there are things that are assurances in, in our faith and our walk and our relationship with Christ that can be <clears throat> proved and can be assured. But I think that that's not where we necessarily grow in our relationship with Him. I think we grow more in the uncertainty where we have to step out off the ledge. And just say, You're gonna have to catch me. Mm-hmm. And I believe that you will. And that's when we truly I think grow closer to him. It's not oh, I'm gonna grow close to you because you promise this, I completely can prove it and okay. Anyway, that just uh-huh.
1: yeah. Thought. Yeah. <clears throat> it's yeah. I think we are conditioned to, you know, like the surefire thing. But like, you know, the the thing that came you know comes to my off the top of my head is like you know if you were if you were placing a bet on a surefire thing like that would be like the least profitable bet for you like the yeah. more surefire it yeah. is the less you know the less you have to potentially you know reap as a benefit if you're great right. yeah i mean that's that's the way like betting lines work you if you know, have gambling, if you have gambling problems, seek
0: seek help. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but like I mean, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna bet on uh, a football game, and one team is favored to win th- like three to two, that means basically if you if you bet two dollars, if you if you put in two dollars of your own money, you're going to get three back. So it's a, it's a pretty low rate of return on that bet. Yeah, because it's such a sure thing. You know, if you're if you're betting on a game that's a hundred to one, like you're you're making a bet that says there's a much smaller percentage chance that this is going to happen, but on the off chance that it does, I'm going to put in a dollar and get a hundred dollars back. Um, so i I mean I, yeah I think I think that's kind of what you were saying yeah is just yeah. like the 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 return on your investment, the return on your faith investment if it's all about. Signs and proofs and certainties is significantly less in a similar way.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: What Hunter, are what are you thinking I have over a there, lot Hunter?
3: Thoughts going on right now. My first <laughs> pushback to that is, but it's not just because. Okay. Let's go back to Genesis. Uh, it's it's something that as most we, things do. We, we've always had an issue with. Um, it's it's one of the ways to view um, the, depending on what you view as the first sin, but the, the disruption between Genesis 2 and 3 is, is this reliance on we 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 don't we're bad at looking far into the future and we want more immediate results now. Yes. Uh, and and faith faith requires a long look into the future. Um, being uh, the writer of Hebrews talks about faith being you know certain for things that you hope for and the beginning of chapter eleven, and ends that chapter with after saying all of these people who live by great faith, <clears throat> they. Um, they saw these things as if from a distance, uh, and they, nothing, <clears throat> their faith was not made complete by what they did. Um, but it's made complete in how we are living now that we, we work to perfect the faith of those who came before us. Um, and so it's this, this long outlook and even in psychology, we know how, how difficult it is. We, we view future of, future self similar to how we view strangers and we don't have much connection with it so it's even harder it's hard for us to make decisions that would benefit us far in the future because that that person's a stranger future self is a stranger to us um, and and we don't have this personal connection so it's always built for some reason inside of our living outside of god's intended reality of ourselves we have this difficulty with future oriented things um, which is what faith is centered in um, and so i think it's we we see we always hold up or scripture holds up people who who can move past that um, and begin to see the larger picture begin to see the f- beyond the immediate sense of self and the immediate sense of surrounding, uh, which is why Abraham, when promised by God of his descendants, uh, will be numerous, doesn't ask for giving a sign, he just says, and Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as as righteousness.
2: So, do you do you think that our our um, struggle with looking long term in the future is a uh, result of the disruption? Um, that before that, it was in our being to be able to do that, but because of the disruption, that that part uh, was uh, also disrupted.
3: That I don't know. Uh, I kind of view. our our tumble as our disruption, our brokenness as um, our immaturity, um, that we we, we try to mature in a way outside of God, um, and we have mismatured. We've matured in the wrong direction, um, and so we have to unlearn and relearn um, this kind of a returning in order to move forward. Um, But I don't know if we... If we can say one caused the other, yeah. or one was caused by the other, just that there was a problem here, right. and there is a problem here with this. We it's just something we struggle with.
2: And I, I do view um, the. Um, it is. I do agree. It is very hard for um, humans to um, not want to do everything in the now and presence. But what I can prove right now, I, we, it, it's very hard for us to um, to project. And, and to say, well, if we do this, this is going mm-hmm. it's going to work out or it's going to be better in the morning. And, and
0: um, I, but, I think it's harder <clears throat> now than it has been.
2: Well, I think so because we're just programmed um, from birth in this generation to everything is instant gratification, and we should not have to wait for anything. And not only should we not have to, we're entitled. We should—I mean, it's beneath us to wait.
0: Well, I I think in addition to that, I think culturally we're we're less connected with our past than than probably we ever have been. And I I think when when we're more connected with— Family history and and societal history and that kind of stuff. I think it makes it a lot easier because when when we when we study the past, we're drawing connections from now back to then, and I think it makes it easier for us to project forward what will
2: that they went what, through what this will will to
0: get My here. grandchildren say about you know right. the, the distance between where I am now and where they are.
3: Oh, and that's one of the <clears throat> big importance of the Old Testament is that it shows it shows this progression I was listening to uh, the very beginning of the, the Bible projects this came out like six years ago um, their discussion on the, the law and they talk about like this yeah, when we go back and we look at the law, the, the Torah it's archaic um, and oh yes, okay but do you see, does it not understand how all of these laws all of these modern laws that we have in place now uh, and when you disconnect from the growth of history, the long, mm-hmm. the grace of long change, um, then you you lose the sense of that. But you can look back and say this was a starting point, and then we get to watch the story of how humanity has grown and matured throughout the years um, in a in a long long process, and it, it, we better understand how we got to where we are and the continued growth that we have in the future that, okay, we're not going to be able to solve all of our problems right now. Um, and if we try to, if we, we have a closed minded short view forward and backwards understanding of history, we, we lose hope. We lose that hope, which is central to the faith. And we start losing faith and hope that we can, that things can change. But the long view, um, allows us to, allows our hope to sustain because we understand how much more, um, there, there is to be done but how many how much how many more people and time that we have to, to do yeah. that in
1: <clears throat> I would add to that too like culturally adding adding to what we see culturally there's almost I, I feel like this sense of if it's not instant then like the dedication or you know seriousness of you know if, if that's good for you or if that's the right thing for you is almost called into question. I don't know why this is the first example that I thought of. Maybe it's just because I've been at a lot of basketball games lately and heard a lot of hip hop music. But uh, modern day philosopher and poet Drake, in one of his songs, says, <clears throat> "I, I want to make sure I get it right. Let me. It's uh, it's my side girl has a five S with the screen cracked, and she still hits me back right away. You know what I'm saying? Like." <laughs> she's yeah. got you know like because she can you know because she's instantly there like she's you know that's what he that's how what gets his attention and so like if you are too slow or too patient or too you know reserved then you must not be the right thing because if you were were the right for me you would be you would be there instantly
3: mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think when we lose a sense of that in our own lives we lose a sense of understanding of who God is and how God interacts in the world. Yeah, um, John Yoder talks about um, when when he's talking about um, the crucified Messiah, and he's talking about um, the 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 sin of the world and and divine and wrath and how that all works out. He talks about he has this phrase. I believe it's divine patience. Um, and that it's not God ignoring all of the pain and the suffering in the world. It's God having this long patience of if, and we kind of see this in the, the minor many of the prophets, especially the minor prophets, if the day of the Lord came right now, all of many of us who would be are saying we want it to come would not... Be received in the day of the Lord as we would want to be because of how how we're loving. That yeah. there's this change that needs to happen, um, and so we there's if God came right now, who? Okay, maybe we don't actually want what we wish for, but and God's great understanding is this divine patience of God. Withholds what the the just justice that we would we would claim, so that there can be more healing and more salvation and more goodness, Um, which ties back to Seth's sermon two weeks ago of this um, unjust generosity that um, God's understanding of justice is different than our understanding of justice if our understanding (laughs) of justice is narrow-minded in time. Um, But if you expand justice to a much to all of human history um then it, it starts changing our understanding of is it is it more just to, to punish someone or is it more just to allow that person to grow and to turn back and to reorient themselves and to guys into god's intended reality what is the more what is justice yeah. actually mm-hmm. um, and what is and so we, we see this unjust generosity by human instant gratification understanding
1: yeah
2: and to tie back on to um, Joe's about um, history and looking back as a history in a whole in, in, in my counseling life, on, on uh, you know, what, what I've learned with that and my faith is, you know, when we're not able to um, or we don't do it, looking back on our just our own individual life. Um, And and so much of we don't do that. You know, we're in the here and now or we are trying to try to plan something in the future. But if we go back to my statement on on, um, the the assurances and, you know, stepping out on faith when you're not assured of things, um, if we never look backwards to see our acts of our own faith in our own personal life. Uh, well, I did step out there. What happened? I stepped out there. What what happened? And and if you and and if you are if you are truly trying to live in um, God's kingdom that He that Christ left us that He has already started the kingdom, you know, the one that's here but not. Um, then then you are. I'm hoping uh, continuously trying to step out in faith and and learning. You do that by many ways. You do that by trying to learn different things, um, trying to just stepping out. And the more you look back to say, look at those Because you can say all, you can get in this little bubble and say, I I, I can't ever remember a time I left, I walked out in faith. Yeah, it just didn't happen. But that's not true. I I don't believe that's true on hardly anyone. I don't think that's true on (laughs) non-believers. Everybody steps out on faith every once in a while. You know, everybody steps off that ledge, not thinking somebody's going to catch them. Um, But if you, if you are, if you constantly, occasionally look back and say, look at my life. Look where I've come from. Um, look what I look when I have stepped off, and what has happened. Look where God has guided me this way and that way. Not only is it easier <clears throat> the next time He calls us to do that, because I think He is constantly calling us to do that, whether we hear that call or not, or whether we're open to learning, to growing, to um, uh, 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 trusting him, I think that he is constantly uh, putting us in positions to grow that way. It's just sometimes we choose not to see that or, or acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. But if we if if we can look back and say, "Look at what I've look where he has brought me. Look what he has done to my life. Look how he has uh, has caught me. Look how he has guided me." Then not only is it easier the next time he calls, it, it's. It, it, there's I believe that there is an excitement that you can learn that that you almost want to do that more than being safe. Mm. Does that make sense? I think that, that if you can if, if you, you know, my hope is that I that I grow close enough with God and I see him working in my life enough that when I am asked to step off in the ledge, not only am I doing i'm not doing it with clenched oh my gosh i hope he catches me but i'm jumping off the ledge because i truly want to see what this is going to happen what, what where what is what's he going to where's he going to take me now and i can only do that if i look back and say oh my gosh if i had never stepped off at this time or that time i, I mean i can look back and, and for you who know my my if I had not stepped off some pretty steep ledges, I would n- not be at this ch- church. I wouldn't definitely would not be at this podcast. I wouldn't even be doing a podcast with you all. <laughs> I I would not. E- I, I can't imagine where I would be. Well, I know exactly where I would be, and it would be in a very sad little place. But um, but so my desire of my heart is that He plants in my heart not only a willingness to trust Him but a total freedom to just fly off the daggum ledge any chance that I have, any ledge I see, mm-hmm. it's like, let's go. Because my gosh, where in the world is he going to take me now? Because he has taken me to so many cool places in my faith up till now. But you're right. We'll never see that if we don't look back. Yeah. And some people say, oh, well, you know, I don't remember it. Or, you know, it doesn't really matter.
0: So church, you heard it here first. Patty's advice is step off.
2: Step- Jump off that st- go jump off a ledge that's right well (laughs) i could name (laughs) i could quote a country song (laughs) but i probably shouldn't curse on the podcast
3: but tie tie into that that subtle jump off the ledge metaphor of (laughs) core to seth's sermon and core to our understanding uh, of faith and hope in this discussion is a re-understanding of of death um yeah. and and what that means for us um because oh there was a good section of Seth's sermon that was talking about the death and rebirth is built into the fabric of creation we see it in the seasons we see it in ourselves we see it in the the life of plants we we see it all almost everywhere we look we see this in in the stars we see this death and this rebirth birth into, into something new um and and that's has to be, because if if we are only worried, if we only have this life, um, to quote Paul, if we only have this life, then eat, drink, and be married, because tomorrow we'll die. To quote Paul again, if, if resurrection, if Christ was not raised from the dead, then we have no hope to be raised from the dead, and our faith is useless. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, we're to be pitied more than the Gentiles, the non-believers, the what to be pitied <laughs> if yeah. that is not built, if that is not true, and if that's not core. Um, and so our understanding of so much of what happens in the world outside of an understanding of resurrection is reacting to the fear of death and the fear of, of loss. Um, and and we see that throughout our history, as well, if we look back in history as well, the advancement of of medication and, and the desire to extend life um, has been core to society and, and continues to be core to society um, as we move forward into uh, new technologies. Um, and not to say that's not bad, I, I think there's definitely something godly about trying to uh, continue life um, because life is. So God is the God of, of life, the, the giver of life. Uh, and so we, we reflect, I think many in the medical world, whether they're believers or not, reflect that aspect of, of God, that image of God uh, in the professions. Um, but we also, uh, we have to have, we, we can't have this dualistic view. We have to, to blend these two of, okay, yeah, life is good, but also death is not the end all. Be all. It's not something to be terrified, afraid, running away from. It's it's part of what needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and until we come to terms with that, uh, our, our faith is always lacking. Sure. That Christ's obedience was made complete in his death, uh, and that. He died knowing that the faithfulness of God would make his obedience to the point of death complete and would fulfill it. Uh, and that he would be there there would be more after that. As we quotes the um we sometimes say, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me as this this fear, this pushback against God, you're not here with me, you've abandoned me in my darkest hour. But the Psalms Christ quotes uh, one of David's Psalms in that, and and it starts off my God. Psalm 22. Why have you forsaken me, but ends with, but I know you are always with me, and Mm -hmm. I know you are faithful, and I know you will get me through this. Uh, Yeah, Psalms 22. And and so it's... That
0: was was our call to worship this week.
3: Deeper, richer. (laughs) It was. Good job. Understanding of of death that adds to our ability to be faithful and to have hope.
2: And I think, you know, when he talked about it, and and uh, we had everybody do the uh, writing on the on the seed and the paper and and bearing uh, whatever we felt that needed to die in us, uh, was such a powerful image and a powerful um, exercise to go through because because truly there there are things in all of us that constantly need that we need to allow to die of mm-hmm. for growth because it's just like the seasons, things have to die in order to, to grow. Yeah. The, if it never died, then it, in the, um, maybe not in everything, but <laughs> occasionally it has to die to, to be able to grow. And in, in my own view of, of you know, going through what are the things I might've written down is, <clears throat> you know, there are just, there are just, you know, there are many, um, yeah habits, many things that I do that need to die in me for Christ. But, but also on just looking back on my belief faith, there were many things in my beliefs system that had to die for me to live the next cycle, the next life that he has called me to learn on. So so I thought it was very, very powerful of, of, of just having to do the exercise rather than just thinking it. Yeah, he always is good at that.
0: Let's let's do let's make a transition, and we'll we'll have like one question that we can all answer. That's a good idea to see ourselves out.
3: It'll be a good transition from
1: that. We're sitting at right around an hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, uh,
0: as as Patty just mentioned, our part of our response time this week was. kind of a special thing where we, we invited uh, people who were in, um, in the building. Uh, we, we gave everybody a piece of seed paper. Um, I don't think they knew it was seed paper at the time, maybe until Seth said it, but um, we, we asked them to write something kind of a- after after reflection during the kind of response moment. Write down something they felt like they needed to die to and then write it on the seed paper, bury it in these little bins we had and then we're going to watch, you know, new new life, new growth come out of those things. So maybe I let's let's each go around and answer this question um you know, prophetically wishful thinking whatever for our church body. Uh what what do you feel like is something you would love to see our our church as a whole die to in order to like see new growth and new life in, in the spiritual life of our church. I'll go first since I'm springing this question on you guys. Um, I would answer certainty. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and I say that for a variety of reasons. Number one, like we talked about earlier, I I think certainty as attractive as it is, I think is ultimately the opposite of faith. Um, Being, being absolutely sure and having the receipts to back it up. I think puts us in a few places we don't want to be as people of faith. number one, it just, it reduces the need for faith, which famously, according to the new Testament, without which it is impossible to please God. Um, so to me, that sounds like having all the answers, having it all figured out, being able to, to confidently and definitively answer any spiritual question that comes up is kind of the opposite of maybe what God is looking for. Number two, Letting go of certainty means that we also have to put ourselves in a position of humility that I think is beneficial for every believer to say, you know what? I don't know. I I may not have all the answers. I might be wrong about something that I believe about. And I think that humility uh, is just such a necessary part of growing and maturing in faith. Um, Because number one, People who aren't humble or are jerks. <laughs> and number two, we you know we, we were talking about reconnecting with with the past and projecting forward into the future and And when we're able to let go of certainty, we kind of have to re-examine a lot of stuff from our own lives and go, well, I was certain that this was x. What if it's y? You know what if what if it's what if it's z? You know, like what does that mean for my faith? Does my faith survive if this experience I had um, when I was in high school uh, was not uh, an angel of the Lord visiting me? Like, what if it was just bad burritos? Like, do I still have a faith? You know, And, and I think I think there's just tremendous value in that. I always used to tell students when I was a youth minister, if if you've never, if you've never seriously examined. Your faith, and if you've never doubted a faith experience, then you've never seriously thought about your faith. Like I just, I've I've always felt like that was um, part and parcel with with taking it seriously, was yeah. really examining it and holding it up and going, does this stand up to the light of scrutiny? Scrut- scrutiny, yes, scrutiny, not scrutiny.
1: Before you, before you steal mine again, I'll <laughs> go ahead and go next.
2: No, you got like the best
3: one.
1: Certainty so, was great. Yeah, Sorry.
2: Yeah,
3: there's a great quote by Eugene. I, no I can't remember his last name. He's a Peterson or if I'm thinking, hey, I think his first name's Eugene. Peterson was what I was thinking, but I'm not 100% positive. Yeah. Um, hey, there's a quote that's not mine that says um, the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is certainty, hmm. um, which that I sounds of, like a yeah. Eugene Peterson kind and of. And yeah, like I think
1: not Eugene Meltzer.
3: I resonate so much with what you say from, from that quote of yeah, it's, it's hard like there, there is something great in doubt. Like, doubt yeah. is a can be such a blessing and virtue if we learn how to engage it properly. Yeah,
1: navigate that. Ooh. That's true,
0: Anne Lamott.
3: That was originally Anne Lamott.
0: That's according to goodreads.com as soon as it loads here. Um, the opposite of faith is not doubt, but certainty. Certainty is missing the point entirely. Faith includes noticing the mess, the emptiness and discomfort, and letting it be there until some light returns. There's a little more. but
1: Yeah. Anyways, I would say pride is mine. Um, mm-hmm. I think that a lot of faith and church communities. I don't want to speak ill of, of of anyone and I hope it doesn't come off that way, but we just, you know, there's so much, I feel like that people just want to be right and want to have, uh-huh. you know, f- in, in in that certainty, like, like, like they want to be certain, but also they want to say I'm right and I'm better.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like yeah. I'm better for being right. And you're, you're worse for being wrong. Um, I would hope that would never be the attitude that we have here and that we would never try to say, you know, you've got to, you you know, you come here and, you know, hear this and do this and follow these steps and then congratulations, you're better than everybody else. Like I would hope that would never be how we would approach, you know, our, our faith and our relationships with each other yeah. and our relationship with God. Like we talk a lot about those four areas of, of relationship. Like I would hope we would never say, you know, Man, you really, you know, to someone say, man, you really, like, suck and don't have it all figured out. Like, if you come over here, like, we're going to make sure that you get it, like, all sorted out. Yeah. Like, none of us have it sorted out. None of us have, you know, all the answers. None of us have that certainty. Are you saying By having it or not having it, it doesn't make anybody better or worse than anybody else. Yeah. Like, yeah. we're all in pursuit of the same, of, of Jesus. We're all in pursuit of God. For sure. And... Operate on that versus, you know, trying to put a hierarchy on that.
3: And pride's so hard because it directly disrupts ev- all of those, all four of those relationships. Yeah. Yep. Um, du- like directly. Is it what C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity says that pride is the sin from which all of the sins flow from, or something along those lines? Sin is the. Joe's on it. find out. Pride is. I'll be Jamie that, today. That major.
1: That might be Eugene Meltzer. <laughs>
3: One, That's a, a deep
1: a- reference, by the way, if anybody knows that.
3: We'll get a from this podcast? Well, not from
1: this podcast, oh, okay. just a cold, If we had the bell, I'd be ringing it.
3: It's like All right, halfway, so it was, it was it's something
1: like pride, pride is the sin from which other sins.
3: Yeah, he uses Pride as the great sin.
1: Uh, Patty, why don't you go while they look that up? Hmm. Just so we don't have dead air or anything. <laughs> trying to just keep keep our podcast moving. Trying to think. Yeah? Yeah. One one thing, one thing that,
0: that you I, think it would be great if if our if our church our congregation
3: could die,
0: um, could, could die to.
3: Yes, pride. He calls the great sin.
1: Joe and I had Joe had certainty and I had pride. He had yeah, certainty and had pride. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think, um, I, and it's not really strong here, I guess I, I would like for our lack of, uh, of love and acceptance to die, our non-love and acceptance, that, that, um, that we be a body that um, truly chooses to uh, love as Christ loved and that we do not get... Uh, swept up into the um, nonsense of um, the the regular uh, bashing and of uh, uh, you. Can't, I I can't <clears throat> have an opinion without crushing your opinion. I cannot have a voice without smashing your voice. I cannot have something without totally destroying yours. Mm-hmm. That is to me. In the last couple of years, have been not only prevalent in the world, but very prevalent in churches and in people calling themselves Christians. That I can't, I can't have a comment or a or an uh, an opinion without totally destroying not only your opinion of it, but you. Sure. I I, I can't have a I can not have a discussion without totally destroying you personally
1: mm-hmm.
2: and doing it in the name of love and Christ. Yeah. I want that to die. Yes.
1: Yeah,
0: certainly the level of public discourse has changed. And I think, yeah, I don't know anyone who would say it's changed for the better I don't th- over and the I, last five, a, 10 years.
2: And in my view, I think sometimes Christians are the worst.
0: Sometimes for
2: sure. And that makes me very, very sad. And I and I would hope that that need could could die. Yeah. I don't have an. The need to
1: be the worst, you're saying.
2: The need to be. (laughs) The need to to destroy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's related to. I I think. I think all All that we've said so far is related. But yeah, I mean that 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 instinct to go. Well, not only do we disagree. But because I'm certain I'm right, and because I'm prideful in that, I have to tear you down. Totally
2: tear you down and destroy you Mm -hmm. with no love, no kindness, nothing.
1: Yeah, Hunters is going to be like, I wish we would die to the drum cage. I don't think we need that anymore. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Uh, Yeah, so I was trying to think of a a quote. I got a quote for everyone else, but I didn't have a quote for that one. (laughs) Uh, Paul's discussion about building each other's up, uh, not conforming to the pattern of the world, transformed, renewing, building each other up. That's, that's central. Um, okay. To go a little bit off from what everyone else, I've had, I feel like there's been a nice theme fo- flowing through everybody's, but, um, let me beat to my own drummer Do it. outside of the drum cage, um, <laughs> away from everyone else. Um, a comfortability is what I would, would say, um, and, and this is on, on many different levels, um, not to alienate too much or point fingers too much, um, but it has become comfortability in all aspects of life has become so central to, to how we live. Um, mm-hmm. from... Uh, from the instant gratification of just pressing something on Amazon and having it delivered, sometimes even the same day, uh, to we, oh, we can watch church in our pajamas, um, which I am uh, definitely oh, you were can pro be accused from. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely did that um, a lot during uh, COVID uh, and, and enjoyed that. Um, I, I understand the love of that, too. Um, comfortability of not trying new things and stepping out of our comfort zones, um, to not challenging ourselves, uh, to, with scripture, the, one of my professors, um, at Lipscomb once said, uh, if you're looking at two different, um, understandings of a, of a verse, go with the, look first at the one that challenges you the most, Um, because we have a tendency to go with the easier uh, understanding um, and and to not push ourselves. Um, But the the virtue of courage is something that needs to be trained and something that Mm -hmm. we must work on every day. Um, The ability to accept the answer of no um, and, and how uncomfortable that can be um, is something that it needs to be trained and worked on every day. Um, so it's just dying to going through the easy things. Um, because imagine, imagine if if Jesus had never died to comfortability of the world, um, there would not have been his preachings that received so much ridicule from his peers. There would not have been the many times that people tried to kill him. He would not have been hanging on the cross, crucified. There would not mm-hmm. have been a well, resurrection. I mean,
0: the very incarnation. I mean, Paul writes, he says, you know, Jesus was in very nature God, but didn't consider that something to to be grasped, to hold on to. But instead he gave that up. I, I mean, I'm sure that was an exercise I mean, in exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off.
3: No, that was perfect. <laughs>
0: Um, all right, church, that's your homework.
3: (laughs) Died to all of that. Just, yeah. uh, And let us know. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And report back on Sunday. Um, no, I mean, like, like Seth said, you know, it's a, it's a, like all of these are a daily thing. It's a, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have one moment in one day where you go, Hey, I made a choice that was just the antithesis of pride and then you're gonna go i feel really proud about that oh crud i I messed it up man (laughs) it's like that's how it goes that's how it goes
1: it's supposed to be counter like what our nature is so i that's you know maybe even something else like a different discussion entirely is don't you know as you start to work and think through this like it will be hard but don't be defeated in the hardness Mm -hmm. like that you just you know that's that's not where you're going to find your worth, like in yeah. getting it right, like you're never going to find it there. So just continue just to just keep workshopping in. It's 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 a journey That's right. and have people around you that are going to be able to encourage you in that.
0: Yeah. And I, I would say just a super practical thing that really speaks to what each of us said is read or watch YouTube videos or whatever. Find find people who see things differently than you do. Yeah. And and approach it from a perspective of, uh, I'm, I'm a human being, a child of God made in his image. And so is this person. And we both are, you know, we, we both think we're right. We both like, it's a totally level playing field in the, in the economy of ideas.
3: And also we're both just struggling through life, trying to figure out what we're supposed to do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, well, that's, we're, we're a little bit over time. That's going to do it for today, for this episode. Episode 51, you said, Hank? 51, yeah. 51 Wow. of the other ministers. Um, you can hit us up at uh, tom at thefoundryc.org. You can also find us on, what are we on, Instagram?
1: Instagram. Is yep. it just Instagram?
0: Yeah. Okay. But we also share this on the Foundry Family as well. So yeah, this uh, is on video, Facebook again, we're having Wi-Fi issues in the church today, so we're not live streaming this, but we are recording it, and it'll be up on the Foundry Family later. And you can comment, and we'll re- we'll reply to your comments, even if yeah. it won't be in the moment. And um, yeah, yeah, send us like let us know what you're reading that's challenging you, or what you're watching, or whatever that's um, that's. Like, let, let us know where you are in this process, and let's, let's let this conversation continue.
3: Yeah, keep an eye out on our Instagram page, and we'll put out what we're reading to challenge you all, and you can yeah, we can drop do it. Drop it, yeah. drop it in the comments what you're reading as well.
0: For sure, for sure. All right. Um, well, as I said, that'll do it for today. Uh, I'm Joseph. I'm Hank.
2: I'm Hunter. I'm Patty.
0: And where the other ministers will be all up in your ear holes next time.
2: Three